Welcome to the IonaHoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flotico. We're in the home stretch of the college hoop season, and season two, episode 20 of the IonaHoops.com podcast is here to talk about the ups and downs that we, the Guyana Gales have been experiencing. But still, thankfully, mostly ups. Uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, the Gales just completed a crucial three-game stretch uh, coming off their first league loss of the season last weekend. How'd they respond? I got you covered. And we'll look ahead as well in this episode. But before we get to all that, we have sort of a unique Iona Iota to share. And then the return of the offer roundup. Let's do it. Iona Iotas. Leading up to last Friday's Iona Santa game, a topic often debated between fans of the schools resurfaced yet again. Which matters more, NCAA wins or MAC titles? Now, obviously, each fan base is going to tell you that the one their team has experienced, NCAA wins for Siena and for Iona. Now, of course, each side would like to experience the other in addition to their own successes. Siena's run in the late 2000s was really the stuff of legend for sure. But that last NCAA win was 13 years ago now. That's a much longer amount of time in college sports than it seems. And with each passing year, those wins become just some moment in time and not reflective of where your program is. In fact, it shows you how much your program has collapsed since those glory days. Instead, a better indicator of where Siena is these days as a program is this. You shall not pass! But to be fair, while all these Iona Mac titles NCAA trips are amazing, getting a win on that stage would be pretty sweet. Iona's been close a few times, of course. We don't talk about BYU. Uh, and other times, we just had some terrible draws and some low seeds due to the declining state of the Mac up until this season. But let's look at it another way. Let's face it, Iona fans are spoiled by what's gone on in the past 10 plus years with Tim Cluis and now continued by Bettino. It's ex- been extremely rare that we don't make it to even the finals of our conference tournament. And it's been pretty rare that we win, don't win the tourney. I mean, that's pretty amazing uh, to go to the conference tournament and just see the same amazing results year after year. And the adrenaline of the selection show parties is beyond awesome. And of course, just being in, at the tournament and having attended a few myself the energy levels through the roof. But to me, that's where expectation does end. In any given MAC tourney, the MAC champ, I'm sorry, in any given NCA tourney, the MAC champ is going to be a significant underdog, with a few exceptions along the way, of course. And when you're consistently the underdog, the odds of pulling the upset don't change. You don't just, you're not do or anything like that. It's just the, the odds are the odds. See, in a strange way, success makes you think that you deserve something. You take things for granted. Siena fans now expect their program to be where it was in 2009 because they tasted that and they know it's achievable. But it's unrealistic to expect that from your program on our level, on a consistent basis. Even for Iona, at some point down the line, post Patino, maybe even post his, his successor, whoever that might end up being, Iona will not be the champion every year and perhaps will truly appreciate what we're doing now, NCA wins or not. And we'll appreciate the legend that is Rick Pitino here at our tiny little school in New Rochelle, maybe even bringing us that fleeting moment of glory, an NCA win, or, dare to dream, a Sweet 16 berth. To wrap this up, I, only, I honestly don't really worry about it, as much as some people like to disagree with my, me telling me what I think. 
I don't really worry about it. What we haven't done, because we've done so much more than so many other programs out there, not just in the Mac, but in the mid and low major landscape across the nation. And here we are in the midst of what, what might be our time for glory. I just want to enjoy the ride at this point. So what do you guys all think? Hit me up on the message board or on Twitter and share your thoughts. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Rick Pitino is thinking bigger, and there's no further evidence of this than his latest offer to Yusuf Singare, a seven-foot center and three-star recruit. Out of Upper Room Christian in Dix Hills in the New York Lightning AAU program, Singari has offers from St. John's, Seton Hall, Providence, New Mexico, Charlotte, and St. Louis. He's an established rim protector with great hands and a physical style of play. Sounds like a Nelly Shima hybrid, if you ask me. Wouldn't he look pretty darn good in a own uniform? A road game at Siena was going to be a daunting task, even if we were not coming off the loss to Niagara. We already know every opponent is hyped to host Patino and company, and our friends in Albany were no exception, coming out in full force to create an impressive atmosphere. Um, after a tight, low-scoring first half, Iona pushed the lead to 10, a third of the way into the second half, and all was right in the world. And then it wasn't. Siena was able to reassert itself and take control of the game late. Iona made a late push, but it was not to be, and the Gales fell 70-64. Make no mistake, the Siena defense played well, and Nelly Jr. Joseph was completely taken out of this one, keeping the Gales off balance on the offensive end throughout. But, as is often the case in Albany, a friendly home whistle set, sent the Saints to the line 36 times compared to 16 for Iona. Mind you, this is a statistic that has become one of Iona's hallmarks this season, uh, to the tune that Iona is ninth in the country in free throw attempts per field goal attempts. But, well, not in Albany. Anyway. Despite strong games from Tyson Jolly and Elijah Joyner, the Gales fell for the second straight time and perhaps the final nail in the coffin for those eyeing an at-large bid in the event Iona falls short in Atlantic City. When you're in first place by two games and on the brink of a 21 season, the words must win really don't seem to fit. And yet, to me, with two straight losses, it felt like Sunday's home game against Monmouth was in that must-win category. Iona's defense asserted itself early as the Gales raced out to a double-digit lead behind sharp three-point shooting. Things just kind of settled in from there for most of the rest of the way. Iona led between 10 and 15 most of the way, and Iona became, but Iona became perhaps too reliant on threes with Nelly struggling again on the offensive end and just never really delivered a knockout blow in this one. Instead, the Hawks made a late surge, and what was once an 18-point lead was down to five with three minutes to play. But Elijah Joyner, as he's done before, came through again late with a pair of free throws followed by a huge three, and the Gales held off the Hawks 70-62. It was important for Iona's defense to have a day, and Joyner has been Iona's best player during this rougher three-game stretch. This is one Iona had to have with a game at St. Peter's looming, and Joyner made sure we had it. Entering this nasty three-game stretch, the game against St. Peter's was actually earmarked as the toughest of the three games. And with the loss at Siena to start off the trip and the tough win over Monmouth, I'm sure many in Gale Nation were worried about this one. Worry no more. Iona played one of its better games of the season in this one behind a relentless defense and some timely shooting and some great work from the charity stripe as well. 
and a 70-61 victory. Iona's defense held the Cox to just 40% shooting and blocked 11 shots in the game. In fact, six different Gales blocked shots. I don't even know if I've ever seen that before. Uh, on the offensive end, the Gales didn't shoot it well in the hole, as Saint, and St. Peter's does play the best defense in the league and actually is one of the top 65 defenses in the country. But Quinn Slezinski made some big threes in the first half, and Tyson Jolly made shots and got to the line plenty in the second to keep the Gales a step ahead of the Peacocks all the way. Nelly's had a rough few games, but this was not the case last night, as he had 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 blocks, just a monster performance. And Walter Clayton was terrific off the bench with 12 points, 6 boards, and 3 assists. He at times is like a one-man fast break, which is just the jump start Iona's offense needs at times. All in all, a great win for the Gales against one of the primary challengers in the league. And after the game, our friend of the podcast, Jaden Daly, got to hear what Patino had to say about the game. Siena, just how important was it to refocus this team with three games in five days? It's almost the third coming off the mind that came Sunday. Well, it's very important. We want, we want to win the league, and we knew that St. Peter's was in second place. If you're one game behind, instead of three behind, it's a big difference. We were road tough tonight. We were, we were mentally tough, physically tough. We were trying to dunk the ball. We were, Walter Clayton is really a special freshman. He's got bigger than church bells. He really does. And use some other word. But um, Nelly was big. But the guys were really tough tonight. Really proud of them. And what we told them before the game, if you control the backboard and you stop the three, they will not beat us. And we did. We only gave up uh, six points from the three-point line and beat them on the glass by five. How important was it for them to stay the course after St. Peter's came out and punched guys in the jaw? You know, St. Peter's is one of the toughest teams. They value on every play. And uh, we're very aggressive. And, you know, after a while, the refs are not going to call us. I said, you got the advantage, you can foul, and they can foul. That's the way St. Peter's plays. That's the way I played it at Louisville. You know, so you, you, they're going to come after you. They're going to trap the ball. They're going to reach at the ball. Uh, Shaheen does a fabulous job with that. And just refocusing this group after the two losses, what was your message to them going into the weekend? You know, the two losses, you're going to lose games. It's what you do coming out of losses. You're not going to – I mean, it's very tough to go – in a 20-game schedule undefeated. The guys are having a great year, but this game I was very impressed with. I wasn't impressed with the last home victory against uh, Mammoth because we let him back in the game. Tonight, I was impressed with what we did. Five games left in the regular season. Just what's the mindset? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, really what our mindset is, obviously everybody wants to win, but we want to get better going into March. Um, I've been rating the guys a 5-6 and tonight we played like a 6-7. So we're on our way. We, if we can get to an 8, look out. Well, if you were following me or listening to this podcast prior to the start of the season, you'll know I was pretty high on Fairfield. I won't say I expect them to be world beaters, but certainly a top four or five uh, finish was in the cards, given that they were a better team down the stretch last, uh, late last season and, and no, lost no one of consequence. Alas, it hasn't really quite turned out that way. The Stags have had some great moments this year, to be sure, but they have had issues down the stretch of games. In fact, every one of their eight MAC losses has been by single digits, so they've been in every game and just haven't been able to close a deal. And we need not look any further than our first meeting with the Stags, who truly outplayed us for the vast majority of the game until Iona just dominated down the stretch to win by four. 
I know his fans will remember that Jake Wojcik went bonkers from three in that one. And he's going to be a perimeter focal, focal point again in this one. But the stakes of other guys will make them as well, so the defense on the arc has to be stellar. On the other end, Fairfield's been pretty good defending the three, particularly in, co in conference. So this is a game to establish Nelly inside for sure. And with that, let's welcome our guest, Fairfield Frank. Well, we are getting toward the tail end of our season, and I wanted to get this guy in to join us before it got too far in. Uh, this is Frank Kino. He's known as Fairfield Frank, although he's used some other names recently on Twitter, but he's Fairfield Frank on Twitter. Uh, and uh, in, in, in the intro slide, you have his full handle there, so you can follow him for his rants and raves and everything else that he's got, and has his mood swings uh, with the best of them as the Stags uh, go through their schedule. Frank, uh, thanks for joining of course. I mean, if it's anything like the end of last season, hopefully we're in store for some good times. Yeah. So just give everybody a, a quick synopsis of your Fairfield history. Yeah, sure. So uh, I actually am from the area. I went to Fairfield Prep and Fairfield U. I have a parent. My mom works at Fairfield U. So it kind of was an easy decision to go there and um, got linked up with being a manager and running the stags in the stands, which is kind of like our student like pride and, you know, kind of, um, student section organization. So did various things. I've, I've been in the mascot suit before. I've done the play-by-play -play on the radio for the, uh, for the team, for the game a couple of times my senior year, you know, done in-game promotions, designing t-shirts, throwing the t-shirts out of the game. Um, and most importantly, being a manager was like my biggest, um, you know, link to the team and getting to know Coach Cooley and his staff, like, you know, uh, Coach Carm, uh, Blaney, um, Tyson Wheeler, who's up at UMass now, and then got to know, get to know Coach Johnson as well and his staff with Martin Bahar, who's out at San Diego. He was at USC for a bit. Um, Coach Newsom, who coaches St. Luke's here in Connecticut. Uh, Coach Nash, who coaches or runs the IMG Academy down in uh, Florida now. Mm -hmm. So got to know a bunch of the basketball people and just fell in love with the program and have just been close to it and, and been a big supporter of it ever since. Uh, and yeah, and you were there at a good time too, when Cooley was there for sure. Um, so, uh, you know, last year was chaos <laughs> for everybody and for many reasons. Uh, but at the end, it was in the finals. Iona looked up and I think after surviving Siena and then getting by Niagara, the Fairfield Stags awaited. Uh, what were your thoughts going into the MAC final last year? <laughs> it's, it's funny because you know, we just started to turn it on towards the end of last year and every game was a gift. Right. And I think I, you know, I saw you at the Fairfield uh, Monmouth game. We, we met up at that game and that game was like, you know, if, if, if it ended there, I would have been happy. You know, we had a 20 point lead. We're hitting every three we're taking and every game I was just like, all right, let's just one more. Just, you know, we just got to face them and have a good matchup. And when we got to Iona, I kind of expected, you know, we're really going to have to play like we did versus Monmouth to win this game. Like this team is very athletic and we're going to have to out rebound and we're going to have to do things that aren't in our repertoire. And unfortunately we weren't, weren't able to do that, but they fought hard. And um, my hopes of bringing some momentum into the year, you know, kind of started in the beginning of this year. 
Yeah, and, and you and I, uh, you know, grew, uh, our, our friendship grew over this past year. I mean, we were on the Monmouth Mac Tournament Preview podcast together, and I think we knew each other a little bit before that. But I, I know you became a fan of mine over the offseason because I was high on Fairfield. Uh, people were like, you know, okay, uh, well, Monmouth will be good and all this. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Stags are pretty good. They're bringing everybody back. They finished really strong last year. I don't see a reason uh, for them to be, to, to, to not to have a bad year. They're going to be good. Uh, and I'm sure as a Fairfield fan, you felt very similarly going into the season. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because you see, you know, you see every national you know, prediction poll come out and it's Iona number one and two through 11 is literally any all over the place. You know, you have St. Peter's that are higher up there. You have Monmouth that's higher up there, but like you have no clue, like Fairfield was falling anywhere from, you know, four to 11, right? I, I think the three man we put them at 11 or something crazy. One of those, one of those pods put them low and it's just like, listen, I, I know that we need some consistency, which we didn't have last year. And we had, you know, some spurts of, you know, hot and cold. But I, I was higher than that. I mean, my prediction going into the year, I was actually looking at a tweet earlier. Um, I had them at 10 and 10 in the, I think, fifth spot or fourth spot. Um, so, you know, a little we're, – we're probably going to end up a little bit lower than that, probably nine or eight wins. Um, I mean, 10 would be ideal if we can win four of the next six. But, um, you know, somewhere in that range, yeah. And this year in the MAC, if you're ten, if you get to ten and ten, you have a shot of that five seed. So that'll be, and that's gonna be a fun race. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the call. But uh, yeah, no, I and I expected a lot, and I I saw a couple of Fairfield's early tough non-conference games. I watched them play. I'm like, yeah, this is what I thought they were gonna be. Yeah. Um, and then I you started two and zero in the MAC. Am I right? Yeah. So um, they actually started the season eight and three, which includes one of the uh, Division two games, but. Out of those eight and three, if you don't take that Division two game into factor, they're scoring 73 points a game, which is, you know, if you score over 70, you're winning most of the games, at least in the MAC, right? Um, and the defense philosophy Coach Young plays, you know, if, if you can get to 70, you're usually holding the other team below that. Um, but since then, it's, they've been four and 10, and they've scored about 64 points a game. Um, so it's, it's been a rough go. Uh, the COVID pause didn't, didn't do them well. It, they're in the midst of a seven-game losing streak, which was the longest of Jay Young's career. Um, but I will say one point, you know, back to the scoring, uh, if they score over 69 points uh, this year, they're 12-4. and four. So mm -hmm. the key number is to get over 70 points and win the game. Now, I will say one of those four losses is to Iona. Uh, I think it was an 80-74 loss to Iona. But, um, you know, it's, it, that, that's been the, the, the consistency on the offensive end has been the key. Um, and what's gone wrong though, like uh, with all those losses, I mean, obviously I mean, the scoring wasn't, was not there, but why? So, um, the one thing that stuck out in the beginning of the year that I thought was a positive was through 11, the first 11 games, there are 10 different leading scores. So that shows you the depth on the team. Now it's great to have depth in scoring, but to not know who needs the ball in their hand in the last seconds is the toughest thing. Right. And we're continuing to figure it out. I mean, last night, you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday, Monday night, Valentine's Day. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus Cruz scored 25 points. Taj Benning had a last second layup to force OT. And then Caleb Green, you know, had a baseline jumper to go ahead bucket, right? And those are our three captains, right? Mm -hmm. And we haven't really had that. We haven't really had someone who takes over. You know, Jake Wojcic's one of our probably purest scorers, but, you know, when he's off, he's off, right? So, 
we've been looking for answers, looking for go-to guys. And we don't have that one killer mentality right now. And, you know, we've had a lot of really solid players, really solid, you know, Mac players, but no one really stepped up and it's starting to show a little bit more, you know, Jesus won us the, the Maris game at Maris uh, with the last second shot. You know, obviously yesterday we had a bunch of people chip in. Um, so it's, it's starting to gel a little bit better and hopefully we're hitting our right stride at the right time. And I did notice that, you know, the eight Mac losses, you guys have your six and eight, I believe right now, yep. um, all eight have been by single digits. So there hasn't been a game where, uh, you know what, we didn't just, we didn't show up for this one. Yeah. You know, it hasn't been like that. It's been nip and tuck. And in some games you just haven't been able to get over the top. Um, and that sounds like it speaks to that leadership question that you were talking about. Um, so, um, so I, Iona loses two games in a row. Uh, didn't play a great game against Monmouth, but found a way to win. Uh, but let's go before all that and get your take on what you saw from Iona November, December, and January uh, when they were rolling in everybody's darling before they came back down to earth. Uh, what were you thinking when you were watching Iona games back then? Yeah, so um, I, I'll attribute Iona's success this year probably to two areas. First and foremost is coaching. Um, I never had like the experience to see Coach Patino in person since we had the COVID year last year. And after going to the Fairfield Iona game, you really realize how much of a mentor and a coach and a, and a guy who just can lead a team, Coach Patino is. Um, a lot more appreciation for him, right? Um, a guy who's seen every situation, who can calm his players down, understand how to put his players in the right position, but also coach them during the game live and make adjustments so that they can win. I think coaching is the biggest reason why a lot of those close games are won, but also it comes down to the second piece of it is athletic players, right? He's got um, a pretty good bench of athletic players. I mean, some of the guys on the bench can probably be starting on most Mac rosters, right? So he's got a, a, a pretty good army of guys who can go out there and grab a rebound and score a bucket in a tight scenario and score on all three levels, which is huge. So, you know, I like what that I've seen from the guard play. I know uh, Junior Joseph struggled the last couple games, but I think he's been a really solid player from the jump, right? Last year, I saw it firsthand in the MAC tournament final where he was, you know, kind of taking advantage of Supreme Cook, who's one of the better bigs now uh, in the league. And, you know, he's, he's been dominant inside. And when you have that pressure inside and you have to draw focus, it makes, you know, more opportunities for those shooters on the perimeter, like Jolly and, and Joyner. Mm -hmm. So as, as a fan of another Mac school, and then you see Iona just kind of rolling along and you know, finding ways to survive, and then, bang, they hit a wall, and, and they lose two in a row, and, you know, they survived Monmouth, but they didn't play a great game. How's your, how's your thought about them changed? Yeah, it's interesting. So going into the year, my prediction was 16-4. and four. Um, And I think I spoke to you a couple weeks ago, and I said, you know, they're playing really well, but I don't see this as 20-0. and 0, I see it as 18-2. and two. Um, I think they still have a shot at it. I think if they win tonight versus uh, St. Peter's, I think 18 2 is still in the cards, obviously. If they don't, they're, you know, they're at least three losses. But um, I think that they, they've met more of my expectations, right? The MAC has so much parity and so much weirdness. I mean, look at them going to Niagara. Who thought they were, as a nine point favorite, they were going to lose that game straight up, right? Um, the Siena game, you kind of circled as, you know, Siena is going to get up because. No offense, your, your fan base likes to, you know, hype up the, the, the rivalry itself. So No, come on. We don't do that at all. <laughs> they had to fuel some of the fire on their end, right? I, you know, people aren't blind to social media. People see Twitter, right? So, um, but I think that, you know, closing out this year, looking at their schedule, 
you know, St. Peter's is a big one. I, I don't see Iona losing another home game, honestly. Um, but the road is always a weird thing. You know, Rick said it the other night, like sometimes you're playing in front of three, 400 fans, right? That could throw you off in itself beyond playing in, in front of 5,000 at Siena, right? It's a different vibe, but it's just as difficult in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you don't know what you're going to get. And, and it's funny, after the Niagara game, Patino talked about it was more of a problem that they only had one shower at Gallagher rather than, than, than the number of fans or anything like that. So it's funny. Yeah, it's different different viewpoint for sure. Um, so you brought up the Mac race. Uh, it's kind of chaotic. We're yep. used to that as Mac fans, that the race is chaotic. Uh, you know, we've seen the parody. You know, Niagara might not even finish in the top five, and yet they found a way to beat Iona. I mean, that's the Mac. That's the Mac in a nutshell. And, you know, Canisius is the last place team, but boy, they are a pain in the neck. And you guys saw it. We've seen it. Um, what are you, what's your thoughts? On who, who's going to get that, get out of the play in round and finish in the top five right now? Yeah, the play in round's an interesting one. So it's, uh, you know, Marist, Niagara, obviously Fairfield, Ryder. There's some pretty good talent there. I mean, across the board, it's, it's so hard to differentiate a good conference versus, a conference that just beats up on each other and that has a little bit of talent. Right. But, um, you know, I, I feel like a, a team that could do well is a Maris, right. They drive the ball. They have no fear going into the lane, you know, have somebody stop me. Right. Uh, I feel like that's a dangerous team. Um, Ryder, I, I appreciate their, their backcourt, right. Like they have great cards in Vaughn and um, Murray. Um, but I don't really know what they have on the front court. So I don't know if they can get past that next level. I could see Maris as a dark horse. You know, I think they have a, a coach Dunn. I know Daly loves them coach Dunn and, and he has a pretty good track record, obviously, but um, I feel like Maris can be a, be a little Cinderella and maybe make it to a, to a bigger game and get out of the, the playing games. Um, I don't know if they can make it all the way. I, I really don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Like I, I was mentioning this to you before we started, this is like, I don't know what Monmouth is, right? Like mm -hmm. even someone who can end up in a top four seed, like, they don't have Reynolds or if Reynolds banged up, like what is that team? Right. Um, I'm just, and, and Quinnipiac, like I'm not sold on them personally. Like they've got some good guard play, obviously have Marpo inside, but I don't know if they really have it all as a team to you know make a little bit of a run. Right. I, I, I think Siena's hitting the right stride. I think St. Peter's is hitting the good stride. Iona obviously, but the rest of them, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm a betting man, I bet on any of them even to make it to the finals. <laughs> well, somebody that's the funny. I mean, right now you feel like Siena and St. Peter's is going to be a bloodbath in the semis, uh, but not to jump ahead. But yeah, the four five game even is going to be fun. And uh, this is another year where again, everybody remember, I remember last year entering the MAC tournament, Canisius was playing well and they finished sixth, and everybody kind of said, Oh, that's the dark horse. And then they go out and lose to the 11 seed rider. So uh, I think we're having a year like Canisius is going to be like that kind of an 11 seed where, geez, do you really want to play them if you're the six? You know, <laughs> great. You avoided right. Iona's side of the bracket, but now you have to play an extra game and you have to play Canisius in the first round, which is not an easy game. Uh, it makes it makes Atlantic City a lot of fun. Yeah. The, the hardest thing is to play a team that's got nothing to lose, right? Last night, uh, to go back to Fairfield's game against Canisius, like what did Canisius have to lose? Like they, their back's against the wall. They haven't been playing well. And they came out and punched him in the face after being down 10 and came back. Like Malik Green was a, is a great in interior four man, right? And they have Henderson too at the guard position who was just making layups at will. So every team has the ability to just say, yeah. F it. I'm going to go and just ball out here and try to get some layups, get some points and, you know, hit punch someone in the face and see if they react. 
Yeah, and, the, and Iona Kanisha's game is a perfect example of that. The Griff's near the bottom of the standings. Iona just absolutely jumps on him in the first half. Kanisha said every reason in the world to pack it in. Instead, they busted their asses in the second half and gave Iona fits, and that's the 11th place team. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that shows, shows what kind of league this is. So, yeah, well, we got some time before we get to sort out all the seeds and everything, and we do have a fun game coming up on Sunday as Fairfield visits Hines. Um, you know, Iona's been much better at home than on the road. Simple as yeah. that. Uh, but they've also played, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, I think four different MAC teams, single digits at home. Uh, what can the Stags do to keep, uh, to make this a tight one? So, uh, so I, I brought some stats here because it wouldn't be a, a good uh, backing unless I had some stats. So the last time Fairfield won at Heinz was 2006, 2007 season, January 14, 2007. And since then, Iona is 13 and 21 uh, against the Stags, like home and away. Oh, so, wow. I mean, Iona's 10 and 0 at home this year, uh, and that's not going to change. Obviously, just their their next home game is Fairfield. Um, I expect the spread probably to be somewhere in the eight eight range, eight nine range. It all depends how Fairfield plays these next two versus um, Manhattan and St. Peter's, um, but. I mean, Fairfield has to come scoring, like I said. Uh, score over 70 points and your chance of winning drastically increase, right? Um, they're going to have to neutralize the guard play. They're going to have to double the post. The, the thing that's been tough all year is that uh, Coach Young is very um, adamant in the ways that he plays defense, that he plays, you know, he carries his offense, right? There's not a lot of, like, you, know, you play against Coach Rice and it's, like, random double teams and, you know, full court press and, all, like, just Coach Young just does not do that. So I hope that the pressure's on. I hope that there's good help, D, because if not, it's going to be a long afternoon. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I, again, I, there's a lot of Iona's record uh, against the spread, for instance, uh, in MAC games has not been great, especially on the road, but they've also uh, lost some spread uh, matchups uh, on home. So you never know. You never know. Um, everybody thought Iona, uh, you know, they had the tough game at Marist and then, okay. And then a couple weeks later, Marist comes to Iona. It's like, oh, Iona should kill him now. And, yeah. and it was a tighter game, <laughs> you know? So, and you never know. So this is, you never know with this league, which makes, what makes it fun. You know, where I think everybody's checking off. This is a win for Iona. I don't do that with anybody. I, I, I've seen this too many times to, to do that. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, Wojcik went bonkers last time they played, and if if Iona doesn't guard him, he's going to go bonkers again, and we're going to have a we're going to have a ball game, and and it'll yeah. be interesting to see. So, um, I yeah, say, I will say since that game, um, it just in general, like those few that few stretch of games, like Iona was part of that seven game game losing streak for Fairfield. So it was a tough patch. Jake had some big games. We didn't come out on top a couple times, but since then. Um, I think we're getting a lot of help from contributions. Uh, TJ Long, yeah, TJ Long has stepped up a couple games. He's a good three-point shooter, good, uh, you know, scorer and drive to the basket too. Uh, Jalen Leach has came back, I think, two games ago. Uh, he's a sophomore guard who's pretty big. He's like about six three, six four. Um, can play the point, can play off ball, and can score the ball. So we're hoping to get more help from those kind of guys who weren't helping earlier on, just because of you know freshman woes or like Jalen was hurt, you know. So I'm hoping that the supporting cast steps up because, you know, to the point I made before around, you know, a lot of people scoring in the first 11 games and being the leading scorer, if we can have the right people on different games and still have someone who can score and go to and who wants it, you know, we, this could be a pretty dangerous team. Yeah. 
Right, well, uh, looking forward to a fun one. Uh, and um, we'll hope we see you there. Um, I own a fans. If you see Frank, go up to him and, uh, well, knock him over or something. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> just go say hi to Frank and uh, wish him well. Uh, we love our stags. And, um, you know, good luck the rest of the way. And we'll see you in Atlantic City, too. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. All right, man. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks again to Frank Aquino for joining us. Atlantic City is right around the corner now. After two losses, the Gales have righted the ship. Can they build on this the rest of the way? Stay with us as we continue this journey together. Go Gales! Thank you for listening to this edition of the IonaHoops.com podcast. This podcast is a production of IonaHoops.com and its publisher Guy Filatico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filatico, IonaHoops.com, and any featured guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona College Athletics or the college itself. Thank you for supporting IonaHoops.com.